6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So um, back to BC uh, for a moment and, and what is happening there. And I specifically want to you know, uh, drill down on the impacts of what has happened on, on the supply chain. We know that this is the second time in about five months that BC has been paralyzed by extreme weather. Wildfires and a record heat wave choked the region this summer. Now the record rainfall and uh, the repercussions from that. Um, the washouts, the landslides uh, on, on top of, you know, cutting off travelers and loss of life has impacted in a major way the movement of goods um, that we use every day and and those goods that we're waiting for as well ahead of the the busy Christmas season. Flooding has halted rail service to and from the Port of Vancouver and also shut down all main routes by road. It's not known when CP Railway and Canadian National will reopen their lines. So let's find out about what the impact is going to be. Dr. Johnny Rungtusantham is the Canada Research Chair in Supply Chain Management at York University. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. So when you saw what was happening, and I'm sure that you were watching it like we all were with a, a, a mind blown, what is going on? How bad is this going to be? When you realized the enormity of what had happened to the supply chain routes, what went through your mind? Uh, the first thing was, wow, that's bad news on top of bad news. Mm. Bad news. You know, before, before, before the you know situation, the global supply chain was already under tremendous stress, mm-hmm. right? And we were already expecting coming up to the holiday season that you know goods might not be. Uh, available as quickly as we want them to be, um, and with the port and cover and the and the weather situation, we just cut off a, a major in, uh, inbound point of goods. And so, optimistically, hopefully, we can recover very quickly. And I believe that you know now the military has come in to start you know to, to actually help. Uh, and in a worst case, you know. We may see delays actually goods getting in the hands of consumers through the to the shelves that we buy goods from. Is it? I, I'm wondering about you know when we talk about the the, the delay in um, you know goods getting to consumers. I'm wondering if it's depending on where you were or where you are. I mean, obviously BC that's going to be very difficult. Alberta, we're you know next door neighbors. Is it? Is it? Is it? more of an impact provincially than nationally, do you think? Well, the Port of Vancouver is the largest or the busiest port in Canada. So a lot of goods actually flow into Canada, you know, from the Port of Vancouver. On the west side, definitely, right? On the east side, you might say, okay, we have some, you know, uh, we have some capacity because we have the Port of Montreal, we got things flowing in from, you know, from the Europe that can come in through the east side. But what is important to understand is that goods that are actually coming in by sea, going through a port, have to be redistributed to other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Okay? And when land routes, rail routes are shut down, these goods are actually waiting to be redistributed. And this is where the faster we can get the transportation infrastructure back to normal, the faster these goods can actually move. Now, there's a ripple effect in that when, when goods are actually stuck at the port, 
which means that they cannot be unloaded from the ships. Yes. That means that other ships are actually in the queue, in the line, waiting to be waiting for their goods to be unloaded. So that can, that, no. congest, that congestion builds and builds and builds. And if I was reading correctly, the, the Port of Vancouver puts through about $500 million in cargo a day. Is there the possibility of those ships being diverted up to the, um, the port in Prince Rupert and being distributed that way? Yes. And as long as those ports can handle the size of the you know, ships are coming, you know, because there are differences, right? Uh, then they actually have the material handling capacity to actually load and load. Now, now it's not just inbound, right? When things cannot be unloaded, that means that things cannot be loaded as well. So there's also outbound issues, right? Hmm. You know, things that we sell, okay, are now also stuck. You know, they may be stuck because they cannot get to the port of Vancouver. Right? But even when they get the port of Vancouver, when ships are not low, unloaded, that means that you cannot put things back on the ships to go somewhere else. Now, you talk about rerouting, okay, makes sense if the ship is some distance away from the port of Vancouver. Then maybe you can, we can, you can divert them, divert the reroutes. But we also know that globally, you know, it's not just the port of Vancouver that's under a lot of, you know, stress, but all ports, now, I actually in the same situation. Hmm. So in the U.S., which you might say, well, you know, Vancouver, we can go to, you know, to Seattle. Well, they're also under stress, right? Yes. They're also congested. So this is why I said, this is why I mean by bad news on the bad news. We were already in a very stressful uh, supply chain situation in terms of moving the goods. This just adds, you know, to the frustration. Doctor, I'm curious, okay, so moving forward, we're kind of bound by what we have by the geology of this of this country, right? Uh, you know, through through BC, through Alberta, through, uh, you know, through the prairies and through, you know, northern Ontario. I, we don't have a lot of options. So what, what other options are there then? What should the supply chain industry be looking at? Could they be doing things differently? Well, if you go back to why we're in a situation, it's because we, we trade globally, right? Mm-hmm. We buy stuff globally, we sell stuff globally. And in a context, we, you know, the principle of, of, uh, suggests that countries that do best, you know, producing things should be the ones that are producing it so that we can actually, you know, trade, right? So what I do not want to suggest or even you know uh, advocate is that we lock down the country and we stop making everything you know inside mm-hmm. canada number one that's just not possible number two it's just not you know i think it's not economical right so what we need to actually be thinking about as we move forward is updating the infrastructure creating the ability to actually detect potential problems faster hmm. And then developing the capability to actually react faster when disaster strikes. We know, we have seen um, over the past year, two years especially, that we are seeing more of these major um, weather disasters, these so-called once-in-a-century storms, and we're seeing some, you know, massive repercussions from them. How much 
attention does the industry pay attention to that right now I know you're talking about we need to be upgrading infrastructure and detecting problems faster but is the industry itself when the rail train you know the cargoes yeah, the, the, the the ports are they aware of what a lot of people would say is you know uh, the result of, of climate change are they adjusting to deal with that And I don't want to be, uh, I'm, uh, I guess I'm misspoken. I think industries are aware. It's just that the solutions that they may be thinking about or even thinking of solution, it's a very long time out, yeah. right? And it's very hard to predict where the next weather disaster is going to be, which is why in the shorter term, you know, what we can do is actually make sure that the infrastructure that we have is resilient, robust, to those events, making sure that we are able to see for you know, we will see that event coming faster. When it's weather, okay, it's possible to look at weather patterns and say, start thinking about okay, what if it hits this location? What if the power mm-hmm. goes out here, right? But there's other events, you know, like earthquakes. I mean, of course, yes, so. I know that the signs of earthquakes. So we've we've got a point where we we may actually get a little bit more advanced warning than in the past, but there are natural disasters that really. It's just not possible to have any advanced warning to innovation. And so the next best thing we can do, which is why I said, make sure that our infrastructures are robust, make sure that at least we can react faster, right? So that we can mobilize the recovery efforts faster. You've given us a lot to think about this afternoon. I sure appreciate your time. Thank you for your insights. Thank you very much. Take care. Dr. Johnny Rungtusantham joining us this afternoon. He is the Canadian Research Chair in Supply Chain Management saying, hey, you know what we need to do is make sure that our infrastructure that we have in place, uh, you know, probably should be upgraded. It needs to be resilient. It needs to be robust. And we need to be able to detect problems faster. I'm sure that's on a... a lot of folks' minds over the past number of days, but... Um, will be put aside uh, for the time being until the recovery efforts are completed. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that story right here on 630 Chad.